happen. I like to call our employees MBA moms. They're people who want to work from home. Maybe it's because they want to put their kid on a school bus. Maybe it's because they want to go golfing. Our average employee is 25 to 32 hours per week. From my standpoint as a CEO, it was just another thing I didn't have to worry about. The more I could outsource, the better off I was, and they could do a much better job of it and focus more than I could. This is the language of business. A podcast designed to inform and inspire entrepreneurs and anyone thinking about a startup. I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Our host is Harvard MBA and Boston University senior lecturer Gregory Stoller. On this episode, we look at businesses with a fresh approach to an old challenge. In part one, we go on the road to talk to a company that specializes in outsourced services like bookkeeping and payroll. And they do it by hiring part-time MBA moms. Then another that became a success by using those services. Here's Greg Stoller. Thanks, Don. How do you expertly manage variable cost recurring revenue and do it well? Confused? You're not the only one, but Steve Schultz certainly isn't. You are with Supporting Strategies, and welcome to Language of Business. So what does that possibly mean in English? You know, a lot of people are interested in starting a business, and I say you should be careful with the business model that you choose. Does it have the ability to grow? Um, one of the biggest challenges with businesses, you gotta buy buildings, fill them with friolators. What's unique about our business model is that it's a variable cost, recurring revenue model. Variable cost, what does that mean? What it means is most of our revenue is directly, most of our costs are directly tied to our revenue. When we're billing our clients is when we're paying our employees. All of our employees work from home. But this isn't an accounting course, this is actually bookkeeping services. Correct, we deliver bookkeeping services for growing businesses. Our typical client, a one to $10 million growing business, needs bookkeeping. So there isn't a business in the world today that doesn't need to pay their bills, pay their people, recognize revenue, go through month end close, um, and generate reports that tell the business owners and the bankers how they're doing. Traditionally in the United States, that's been done by a bookkeeper. They come into your office one day a week, or one day a month, full-time or part-time, depending on how big your business is. Today, we can deliver all of those services virtually without ever coming into a client's office, and they save money. But how do they do it with the numbers? You're not talking about widgets, you're talking about revenue, you're talking about cost, you're talking about the heart and soul of a business. How do you do it virtually? But it's only about us gathering the data. So we have very clever ways of gathering the data. There's still a lot of paper in businesses today. We give all of our clients prepaid mailers, eight and a half by 11 inch FedEx style envelopes, and they can simply put a Verizon phone bill that came in the mail in that envelope and it'll get to us. You can take a picture of an of a invoice that comes to you and send it to our secure portal and we can get those documents today automatically using fetching software that will grab someone's American Express bill or grab their Verizon phone bill and automatically populate it into the general ledger. And you're not trying to compete with the paychecks and the ADPs of the world? So we do manage payroll, but we use ADP to process payroll. So what ADP is doing is they process payroll. They make sure the government gets their fair share and the employee gets their fair share. We're working payroll administration. How much should each person make? Are we, um, do we have employee files for them? So we're payroll administrators. We still use ADP. That's one small segment of what businesses need, and now what we're doing is the rest of it. And so much of your success has been via franchise model. Why bother franchising? Why not go direct? You know, our view of the world is that the world is very parochial. 
you know, I've been living up in New Hampshire now for 25 years and they're just starting to treat me like I'm from there. And, you know, we thought our best way to capture the marketplace would be to have local people developing their local market. That middle market, we sell to that one to $10 million growing business. They have a CPA, they have a banker, they have a benefits broker, they have an insurance salesman. These are their trusted advisors. What we do is build relationships in each community with those trusted advisors. It's a channel marketing strategy. We're not knocking on the doors and saying, do you want to fire your bookkeeper? But nobody knows who needs a bookkeeper more than a CPA. If they're trying to do an audit and the books are a mess, they know. Some of your most fantastic growth was in 2008. Everybody was going in one direction, you were going in the other. Now, 11, 12 years later, how are you doing? So, you know, we did great in 08 because when times are tough, people are looking to save money and they can save money with us. You know, we tend to say that our service is faster, better, and cheaper. We're outsourcing uh, what was a job. So um, we can scale up with them and scale down with them. So we tended to grow. We grew by over 40% in 2008. Since then, the market's been on an unprecedented run. And uh, we're doing great because there's so many businesses out there that are getting started, that are growing. And we have our eye on you know, the storm clouds that appear to be brewing. But again, we're positioned really well to do that. Our business model makes sense to business owners in both an up and a down market. What keeps you up at night about the company? You know, we got what's the unemployment rate in the country is at historically low, low levels and we're growing so fast. Um, can we continue to find good employees? And what's really helping us is because we're finding people, I like to call our employees MBA moms. And while they're not all moms or MBAs, they're people who want to work from home for some reason. Maybe it's because they want to put their kid on a school bus. Maybe it's because they want to go golfing. So they're not working 60 hours a week? Yeah, our average employee is 25 to 32 hours per week. So that's a niche, that's a lifestyle business. So we've been able to grow and you know, we're up to over 400 employees right now and we're growing steadily. But um, we're certainly seeing the low employment rate and um, having to be a little bit more clever in how we source our employees. What single piece of advice would you give to a new entrepreneur? So I think the, you know, my, my greatest advice to anyone is to, again, choose your business model wisely but to focus in on what's making you money. And don't try to do the things that are not driving your passion. You know, you got into business because you like to make pizza or you're developing a better drug delivery system. That's what you should be focused in on. You're making software, selling the software. Outsource to everybody everything that you can outsource and it's gonna help you focus in on what you're good at, making money, you know, on some product or service that you sell and let a CPA handle your tax work and an outsourced bookkeeper handle the bookkeeping and so on. Steve, thank you. You're welcome. Steve Schultz, franchising expert with supporting strategies. Don, back to you. Next up, a company that deals with scan-based trading, like what Amazon does, by using outsourced services so they can concentrate on their customers. Our sponsor is Boston University Questrom School of Business, bringing quality to the world. Eat, drink, and be inspired as you learn about BU's MBA full-time, part-time, executive, and online programs at the BU Questrom Lunch and Learn Week, September 23rd, 25th, 26th, and 27th. Go to bu.edu slash questrom for details. You're listening to the Language of Business look at a fresh approach to an old business challenge. Back to Craig Stoller. Thanks, Don. Theory says outsource what's not core to your business, but practice is a whole lot different. We're on location here in Beverly with Mark Landgren, CEO of Nexus Group, and welcome to Language of Business. What does the Nexus Group do? Our business is an outsourcing 
alternative for a lot of our retailers. We focus just on scan-based trading. Given all of the lines of business that you're in and your high revenues and, and good profits, why not bring somebody in permanently to do that in-house? That's interesting. You know, we've thought about that. It's funny because our business, in effect, is, is an outsourcing alternative for a lot of our retailers. We are in a position where we focus just on scan-based trading, and a lot of these large retailers' main business is to sell products. So, so what we have found is we can provide a better service because we have more folks that are just completely focused on this. And we found that we, we can do it a little bit more cost-effectively and a little more efficiently. But for many, many years, probably eight to 10 years, it just wasn't worthwhile. We were able to get a number of different levels of service from sporting strategies, from your sort of bottom level uh, bookkeeping services all the way up to sort of CFO services. So it was just, from my standpoint as a CEO, it was just another thing I didn't have to worry about that wasn't core to our business. And was it really a black box? You could conveniently outsource it and not think about it? I wouldn't say at the beginning it was necessarily, but uh, the, the folks from Sporting Strategies were, were very, very helpful. And actually, when I, I outsourced very soon after I came into the business, and I was the de facto CFO and COO, general counsel at the time, so I wore many hats, and the more I could outsource, the better off I was, and, and they could do a much better job of it and focus more uh, than I could on it. As your business is growing, would you consider outsourcing different revenue streams of your business, not just costs? That's interesting. You know, we've thought about that. It's funny because our business, in effect, is, is an outsourcing alternative for a lot of our retailers. We are in a position where we focus just on scan-based trading, and a lot of these large retailers' main business is to sell product. So, so what we have found is we can provide a better service because we have more folks that are just completely focused on this and we found that we can do it a little bit more cost-effectively and a little more efficiently. So outsourcing our revenue is trying to find somebody else to help you and sort of become a channel partner for us. We have looked at that. We haven't done it yet. I mean, outsourcing a, a cost is, is an expense item that we uh, would incur. You know, as I said, that we chose for a long time to outsource to supporting strategies because that was their core business and not ours. We've heard from a number of our customers is that we handle something that they don't have the time to do. So our business is made up with a lot of components. There's data interchange on a daily basis, payments that happens, there's inventory control, it's shrink. So there are a lot of facets that go across multiple departments within a retailer, and we sort of bring that all together for them. There is a multi-trillion dollar opportunity in front of us. Amazon in their what they call third-party sales are, are sales that they do on their website, marketplace sales that they don't own the product, which is similar to scan-based trading, is growing at, you know, over the last 10, 15 years, over 50% a year. And this year, they're gonna hit over $230 billion worth of revenue there. So one of my biggest challenges is finding out where do we just focus on? and what retails and what products do we focus on. So what, what we found, we have a lot of fairly young folks in here, a lot of millennials, and although they like the openness, uh, we were surprised to find that they wanted some privacy. And uh, so some of our cubes provide privacy, but it, it's a pretty open office otherwise, the, the open cafeteria, the, the flow is pretty open. But I, I think that we've found a pretty good balance. I'm old school, used to offices and, and closed areas and big cubes, but I think we've gone with the smaller cubes and uh, I think it's worked pretty well. Following your own business model, would you consider letting, say, 50% of your workforce regularly work at home? Well, we do have a percentage of our workforce that do work at home, and what we provide we provide laptops to everyone, so on bad weather days, for example, most of our office does work from home, so we have that capability. So yes, we are advocates of working from home, but what we find is a lot of our employees like the atmosphere here and actually like being around their colleagues. What would be the single largest piece of advice you would give to a new entrepreneur? 
Well, it's interesting. As a sort of a serial entrepreneur myself, you know, entrepreneurs have certain traits. They tend to be full of confidence and enthusiasm. But I would remind uh, first-time entrepreneurs that they wear sort of two hats as an entrepreneur. You're, you're a leader as an operator in the business, and you're also an investor. And don't let that enthusiasm cloud your views as an investor, because oftentimes people will take what they perceive to be the best idea since sliced bread, and they'll pound it in the ground even after they realize that there's no real marketable use for that. So don't get stuck doing that. Mark, thank you. You're very welcome. Mark Langren, CEO of Nexus Group, on location on the North Shore of Massachusetts. Don, back to you. Thanks, Greg. And that's our episode this week. You can find links to all the people and companies we've interviewed on the show notes. We now have downloads in 55 countries. The latest is Tunisia. Welcome aboard and thanks for the support. If you subscribe and leave a rating on Apple Podcasts, it'll be a huge help. Social media for the language of business is by Jennifer Powell of ExcellentWriters.com. Consulting producer is Helen Tierney of Happy Accident Productions. Audio editing and voiceover by yours truly. Special thanks to Mike Carruthers of SomethingYouShouldKnow.net. For Greg Stoller and the entire team, I'm executive producer Don Kelly. Thanks for listening to The Language of Business. 